welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Spirit Connection. Doug Addison here. This week I want to talk about how our beliefs, thoughts, words, actions are all integrated together. And once we understand how God created us, we can then change the spiritual atmosphere around us. We can bring healing to our bodies, our emotions, our relationships, our spiritual life, and even our finances. We can cause everything to flow together. Now, I don't want to sound new age here. But then in 2004, I had a major angelic encounter, and I was given prophetic insight into this, and I was able to turn my own life around, my health, my relationships, my emotions, finances, and I was able to deepen my relationship with God, and it's been such an exciting ride, and this is the foundation for everything I do today, years later. Now, my message, Love Not Judge, and How to Shift the Spiritual Atmosphere Over Yourself, by aligning to these principles, are actually part of what I'm going to be talking about. So this is really a practical way to bring the change that you want to do, that you need in your life. And I want to share some things with you that's helped me. Now, I'm not saying I came up with all these principles on my own, because I did a lot of research and pulled things together, but I've redeemed these things, and I want to share them with you. And so I've been around a long time trying to help people do this, And I'm praying that this is going to happen for you in an accelerated way in the next 30 minutes or so. So, God, we pray that you would open the heavens right now. Bring your spirit of wisdom and understanding. Open up things over us that we can understand this new ways, new wineskin of healing, new things that can cause us to accelerate into our new time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, we tend to think of ourselves in terms of being compartmentalized. You know, we have our personal life, our spiritual life, our career, or work, or, uh, you know, we have our, our church life, or even then we have our, you know, our physical body and things like that. But reality is, we're all actually one. Most of us were raised or educated with a modern or Western mindset. But if we go back to the original Hebraic understanding of who we are, and the biblical understanding of this, you're going to find that we are actually integrated. Although we have separate areas of life, we're still one. And it's really important to understand this revelation. And we are body, soul, and spirit. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yet one. It's the same thing. And we may not realize it, but there's connections between everything that we hear, everything that we speak, everything that we eat, virtually everything we do has some type of connection to the other areas of our life. And when one of these areas are out, of, are out of balance, then it can affect our entire being. I call this the connection of God's power. And I just want to unpack this a little bit, the connection of movement and language. Let's look at the way we communicate, because this really helps us to understand how this works. You know, studies show that 97% of our communication comes through body language, only 3% through spoken language. So you ever notice that 
when you meet someone, you're assessing a person before they even say a word. Maybe it's the way they stand or they look at you or the way they shake your hand. But our mind now makes assumptions about someone before they even speak. And then the way you speak and move your body can actually have a direct correlation to how you feel about yourself and others around you. Now, I know this because I've had to work through these things. This is where the part I'm not trying to sound new age here at all. I just want to say that this really is science proven. It's also biblically proven. Our language consists of two things, our inner dialogue and our outer dialogue. The inner dialogue is what you say to yourself. It's that voice in your head that's going on. It's a, you know, it's a good idea to be sure you're doing positive and reaffirming thoughts. Now, I'm not trying to sound warm and fuzzy here in any way, and I'm not talking about positivity, but actually God is very positive. He's designed us to focus on the positive things. Usually the way we speak to ourselves is the way we actually will treat other people. It's the way we will actually interact with God. And uh, it's it's uh, comes from how people spoke to us growing up. In some cases, it wasn't always positive. But, you know, I can't talk enough about the need to clean up our inner voice and speak positive, loving thoughts to ourselves. Jesus said it with this when he said, Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourselves. Now, this implies that loving yourself is very important. Jesus said this. And this is not positive thinking. Again, Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. This is the renewing of our mind that you'll find the Apostle Paul talked about in Romans 12, too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, People are always asking me, how do I find God's will? Well, there you go. Do some renewal of your mind, that inward dialogue. Now, we also have an outward dialogue, and this is how we speak to other people. Our language towards others displays how we truly feel. If you're being loving and supportive, you know, that's a good sign. Watch out, though, if there's sarcasm, cutting people down. It's a sign of hidden anger or unhealed issues in our soul. You can tell a lot about a person by the words they speak. If they're generally positive or negative, are they encouraging or discouraging? Doubtful or hopeful, fearful or full of faith? You know, our goal really is to be an encourager. That's what Jesus said to us. Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily. Wow. And uh, Proverbs 18.21, the tongue has power of life and death. This is so important. Again, it's not just being positive. It's the science is finding that now, discovering that the connection with the way we speak and the way we think and the way we move our body has a connection to the wholeness and wellness in our life, and that there's a root to illness in people can be found not only in spiritual roots, but also in these things I want to talk about here. I want to talk about the body, soul, and spirit. First Thessalonians 5.23, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is very powerful. Most Christians are raised in the modern Western world. They don't have a true revelation of the fact that we were created body, soul, spirit, yet integrated into one, as I mentioned. 
the same as God being three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yet one God. So the Western Christian mindset sees us as having different sections of our life, kind of like departments as opposed to being integrated. And this can actually be a hindrance to us because we tend to see our spiritual life separated from our health or our body. We tend to see our work life separated from our emotions or our spiritual life. So uh, you see what I'm talking about. It's the same with our physical body. We have our, our physical life, our emotions, and there's a disadvantage when we miss the fact that you can change your life by simply changing one of these areas, but also the fact that your body might be crying out something's wrong. You know, when one part suffers, the entire body hurts. The holistic biblical view of a person sees us as the three main parts integrated into one. Body consists of the flesh, blood, and bones. Soul is our thoughts, our mind, and our emotions. And the spirit is our divine connection to God through the Holy Spirit, where we have a relationship with God, wisdom, and the consciousness of what's right and wrong. So now listen, if your body is sick, it's going to affect the well-being of everything else. If your soul or emotions are sick, it's going to affect your body and your spirit. If your spirit is sick, in other words, you're not maturing or there's some things in your life you're dealing with, then it's possible it's going to affect your body. And, you know, we're not created to be guided by our soul, by the way, you know, or we're not created to be guided by our body. If we're guided by our soul or our body, we're out of we're out of balance. The goal is to live a balanced life guided by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, the word spirit for our spirit, body, soul, and spirit, we have a spirit in us. It's the Greek word pneuma. It's the same word for Holy Spirit, pneuma. And so the Holy Spirit can intermingle with our spirit. But we need to make sure that we're bringing a balance here. This is a major shift for most people because we tend to have that logical thinking. Quite often, God's not logic. You know, logic is limiting God. But with God, all things are possible. And, you know, because our body is integrated with our soul and spirit, then our physiology can actually dramatically affect our life positive or negative. Here's an example of worship. I've noticed this. I heard I heard this teaching, you know, and it was kind of a secular teaching, and then I, I just decided to apply it. I asked the Holy Spirit to reveal to me and apply it to spiritual life. So consider the process that you go through when you start worshiping God. Most of us, we when we start to worship or sing music, we clap our hands or we raise our hands or we do something, we use our voice. Then we begin to picture in our mind. See, the first part's your body. The second part, you begin to picture the Lord or Jesus or the angels singing around. You know, you're, you're starting to picture God in your mind. That's your soul. And then later, as you begin to do these things, then the Spirit kicks in. You can feel God's divine presence, maybe His peace. Maybe some people can feel this more than others. doesn't matter. But notice that you start using your body, then your soul, which is your mind, then your spirit responds. So some people don't value the body. There's a big teaching out there to not value the body or the soul. And I'm saying don't be guided by the body or soul, but you need to pay attention because it can be a barometer to show you something is wrong. The same example with prayer. 
You ever notice that you're you're praying for someone, you start out in your mind, you know, you start on your body, you know, you might lay hands on someone or stretch a hand forward, then you start to visualize God touching them, that's their mind, and then you might feel the Spirit respond in the same way. So what I'm saying here is that there is a connection, body, soul, and spirit, and once you understand this, it's best to operate in the Spirit, but don't devalue the connection with the body and the soul. In other words, it's really good to have a balance in all that we do. All right, I want to take a question here. I usually take a question on on our podcast, and this is from one of our followers. I've been dealing with a serious illness for a little over a year now, and I have been taking it to the Lord in prayer. I've had hands laid on me, and I've received so many words that God hears me, and then I'm going to be healed, but I'm not healed yet, and I just want to know why I'm not being healed. Wow, great question. Now, what does this have to do with the body-soul-spirit connection? I wanted to include this because there are so many reasons that we might not be getting healed. Now, I've been walking through three years or more of extreme afflictions. I have had some things go down in my body and in my soul that has been really intense. And I have asked this same question. You know, I've I've done all kinds of things. Now, I want to just unpack it a little bit, but some of the things I'm going to be talking about here today may be some of the clues that you're going to need. You know, if you get hands laid on you and you pray in the name of Jesus and you're using the Word of God, you're standing on faith that Jesus healed us by His stripes, we are healed. That's great. If that works, good. I've had so many healings. I've seen so many healings in my life over that. I've laid hands on people. I've seen it happen. But if it doesn't happen, then there's something more that I call it contending. We need to contend for and find out what the deeper thing is. Now, I'm going to unpack it a little bit more and go into this in just a second here. But Let's go back into the teaching here. You know, to understand that we are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 and 26, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, the Apostle Paul was comparing the church to the body of Christ and that we are all part of this. Whether you know it or not, we are all connected. And so this is very similar to the body-soul-spirit thing I was saying. It also works from the church level. We've lost this amazing revelation from God that we are connected in the Spirit. Broken relationships inside the church is what is holding back revivals. It's what's causing many people to run away from the church, not want to be with Jesus. Many people are suffering even sicknesses. So, you know, when I said it's complicated while you're not getting healed, I'm not saying that you're doing this, but some of the things I'm going to mention here might be a clue. So if we're suffering, um, it could be that there's something greater going on. Now, one of the things that I noticed in the church today, and I'm not being judgmental, I'm making an observation here, is that we actually suffer from a let-me-fix-you attitude. I'm not sure where it came from, but I noticed this is that And especially on the internet, you know, people want to help you and want to fix you, want to say all kinds of things. They're not always nice. But since we are all connected, the 1 Corinthians 12, right, finding fault with one another can actually sometimes be harmful, even though we might not 
realize. Not always, but sometimes. Today, people think it's normal or okay to be spiritual watchdogs or troubleshooters. But the problem with this is that we create a spiritual atmosphere dominated by the critical spirit. God calls us to build each other up, not tear each other down or open the hood every time you come in. You know, I walked into churches before and, you know, like just visiting and trying to just kind of mingle in there. And you can tell, boy, the the uh, the spiritual watchdogs and the intercessors start coming over and sniffing you out and you know, wondering if you're okay. You know, it's okay to do that, but we've got to be warm and welcoming. We've got to be sure that we're not being judgmental. On top of having, you know, a negative focus, let me just unpack this more. We can actually get into a negative cloud and it can close the heavens over us. If you continually focus on what's wrong with a person or a situation, even yourself, you eventually convince yourself that you can't change. Whether it's based on reality or not, if you continually focus on these things, then they become a reality. And here's a verse, Proverbs 11:27 in the New Living Translation. If you search for good, you will find it. You will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Well, the principle's in there. If you search for good in a person, you're going to find it. If you search for bad things in a person, you will also find it. Now, God places different people in our lives to really help us to grow in maturity. And if you want to see this, you can look at John 147, and you'll see that Jesus interacted with Nathaniel. And he found something encouraging in his interaction with him. He said, hey, there's an honest man. There's one who's a true Israelite, one in whom there's nothing false. Also, John chapter 4, Jesus interacts with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and he tells her some things about herself, you know, that she's not married. She's been with five guys. She's living with a guy. And then he says, oh, Go call your husband, come back, right? And then she goes, I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right, you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five. What you said is quite true. So Jesus found something positive even in an adulterous woman. Now, I use this example a lot because, you know, if Jesus is doing this, this is a good idea that we need to grab hold of this as well. So the parable of the wheat and the weeds in Matthew 13 can show us that the enemy comes in and plants weeds And God is the one who plants the good things. But in the parable, God didn't say, hey, you know what? Let's uproot it all. In fact, the people in the parable wanted to uproot and tear up everything. But God said in the parable of the wheat and the weeds, no, let them grow together because it might harm them if we remove them now. We'll sort it all out later. So, yes, we need to help people who are suffering, but we don't need to go in with with Holy Spirit bug killer, you know, and nuke everything that moves, so to speak. And here's a reason, Galatians 6, 7, we reap what we sow. If you make it a lifestyle of loving and blessing people, then you will find that many people will be open to you, and you can bring the most radical change in their lives. They'll start listening to you in ways that you would not believe. They'll actually start talking political with you. Believe it or not, I do this all the time. You'll find that people will actually start to open up to you, but you've got to really love and care for them. You focus on grumbling, complaining, or what you disagree with, then again, what you sow, you shall reap. So remember, God's ways are opposite of our ways. The kingdom of God and many biblical principles, the spiritual principles, 
are actually opposite of what we hear today. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. Isaiah 55, 8. People say that all the time until they realize that, you know, that means the way we're dealing with people as well. As we talk about changing the spiritual atmosphere over ourselves, over our bodies, over our relationships, over our churches, businesses, even our nation, we need to address the condition today of judgment. And people are passing judgment. Some things look opposite than what we expect in the Bible. Let's you know, let's look at a couple of them, what Jesus said. This is a good example. Listen, he says, turn the other cheek if someone strikes you. We need to bless those who curse us or mistreat us. Love our enemies. Build up and not tear down. Forgive and we will be forgiven. The last will be first. We need to be humble to be lifted up. Wow, listen, negativity is common today, but in the Bible, Jesus talks quite a bit about it looking opposite. Reality TV shows, you're fired, you're off the island, you're voted out, America doesn't like you. We need these makeover shows of God's heart. That's what I'm talking about. I talk about this a lot. Most people focus on what's wrong with a person as opposed to the good things that God gifted them with, like Jesus did with Nathaniel and the woman at the well. We need to get into a spirit of reconciliation and not accusation. This is what's going to change your life. This is what's going to bring healing. The spirit of accusation has been dominating, not just the church, but in government and the world. And for the past few decades, I believe it's what's making the body of Christ sick. And let's take it a step further. It could be what's making us sick. You ever meet someone who's bitter, who has unforgiveness, who judges others? And their body starts carrying those toxins, and they uh, end up getting sick and dying. When we accuse others, we're actually coming into agreement with darkness over a person instead of God's purpose. One of the names given to Satan in Revelation 12.10 is the accuser of the brethren. Oh my goodness, we do not want to come into agreement with what the enemy is saying over a a person. You know, there's power in love and encouragement So let's not focus on the negative things, even over ourselves. Instead, find something positive in everything and the people around us, if all possible, and within yourself. It's a spiritual principle that changes the spiritual atmosphere around you. And today, you know, people are in fear and lacking peace. I do this. I pray this verse every day over myself. It's the antidote to get out of fear. And here it is, Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen me, put them into practice. Here it is. And the God of peace will be with you. Wow, I pray this every day. God, allow me to focus on the things. Let me see the things that are good, lovely, of good report. And may the God of peace be with you. My goodness, it's so powerful. So developing a positive kingdom mindset is really important. I talk about it a lot because God's ways are opposite of ours. Uh, We got to make sure that we're not focusing on the negative things. But when we see things happen, you know, there's negative things happen sometimes. It's from the enemy. There's a thing that you can do called flipping it, flipping that situation. Realize why would God 
you know, God's not the one who caused this to happen. And why then, if negative things are happening to you or someone around you, this is what I say to someone. I find someone, you know, they might be struggling with suicide or talking to someone who really going through a downtime. And I go, well, you know, I'm really sorry. You don't connect that level. I'm very sorry. But then I say this or something like it. I go, wow, you must be very important for the enemy to really be working overtime on you. You must have a high calling. It's true. I'm telling you, you need to flip that around and it will break things off. You know, we can take advantage of this and change the spiritual atmosphere by loving, blessing, being an encouragement everywhere we go. You know, love and not judge really is a powerful thing. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, he tells us the greatest commandment of all is to love. Love is something that will open the heavens over us. It'll change the spiritual atmosphere in our lives and with others. And when we love and not judge, we will come into agreement with heaven. And if we get into disagreement, we start judging, then we're creating spiritual log jams in the heavenly realm. The benefits of love, love overcomes. Love never fails. Love covers over a multitude of sin. Many people are experiencing the opposite of these because they haven't valued the power of love. And again, whatever you sow is what you reap. The power of love and forgiveness is so amazing. John 13, 34, a new command I give you. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Luke six thirty seven and 38, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap for the measure that you use will be measured to you. Wow, now that's actually talking about forgiveness there. There's so many verses that we could go into about loving our neighbor. Matthew 5, 43, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus tells us to pray for those who persecute you. 1 Corinthians 13, 5, love does not dishonor others. My goodness, tell that one on the internet somewhere. These are the lost verses of the Bible But when you discover this revelation that God is giving us, it opens things up. You can walk under an open heaven. You can get healing, and God's presence can begin to permeate your life like never before. And this truly, my friends, is the secret that I have for hearing God accurately. People ask me, how are you able to do those daily prophetic words the way you do? And, you know, how can I give the monthly words? I tell you, is I started focusing on the good things of God, and I do not get caught up in the negative. Now, I still have an opinion, believe me, and I just try not to to cloud things up. I try to sow more good than I do complaining. So let's bring this to a close here. There is a connection to our body, our soul, and our spirit. If one part is sick, then our entire body can be sick or thrown off. There's also a connection with this in the spiritual atmosphere around us, and within the church. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, that we are the body of Christ, so that when one part is sick, the entire body suffers. God is revealing more to us for the reasons why we are not getting healed. Like the question was asked, why am I not getting healed? I'm not sure. 
Have you judged anybody? Are you loving? Maybe there's generational curses coming against you. Maybe there, you know, there's so many things it could be. God is revealing, he's showing us right now how to help people who are living in fear and sickness. There is a better way. There are ways that we can go through that's going to challenge us today. You know, getting deeper revelation of God's love is a key to it all. God wants to bring healing to your body, soul, your spirit. He wants to bring healing to the church right now. Wow, it's so powerful. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would activate this message. I pray that you would show us if there's anything in our body that is being affected by our soul. If there's anything in our soul that's being affected by our body or spirit and vice versa. If there's anything in our spiritual life that's causing us to be sick or anything that we've done, we've held on to unforgiveness or we've held on to bitterness or we've gotten into grumbling or maybe even gossip. Lord, we repent now. We just go before the throne of grace and repent. Father, I pray that you would raise up Raise us up right now as ministers of reconciliation and not division. I ask, God, that we would be Holy Spirit MASH unit, mobile army surgical hospitals, that we could go out and help people everywhere. Father, I pray now that, that you open this message up even more in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. I'm, you know, I'm doing an online training called Accelerating Your Time to Heal, Tools for Physical, Emotional, and Spiritual Wholeness. It's going to be going into way more details on this subject and tools that'll make this a reality in your life. It's March 18th, 2017. If you're listening to this podcast later, check back on my online store. We may have a replay available. It's going to be a really, really good one because I've suffered so much and I've gotten through so much. I want to really unpack this to you and give you some tools to move forward and also check out all my training resources on dougaddison.com one of my message that might help you is the how to love and not judge download it's a real easy one that you can get right now people are telling me it's life changing and you can use this coupon code to get 10 percent off podcast 10 follow me on facebook the doug addison twitter and instagram Doug T. Addison, and also check out my daily prophetic words, hashtag daily prophetic. You can donate now via text. Just text the word L-O-V-E, love, to 45888. Hope you have a great week. See you again. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.